This podcast is brought to you courtesy of the Cirrus Foundation, your gateway into the digital economy. Find out more about how we're unlocking ownership of your largest digital asset at cirrusfoundation.com and join the revolution. That's cirrusfoundation.com. You are listening to Paolo DiMarco Podcast with Alan Campbell. Welcome to the Paul DeMarco Podcast. Today on the show, we're interviewing Daniel and Michael. Welcome. How are you? Doing great, Alan. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having yeah. us, Alan. Appreciate it. No problem. The first question I'd like to ask you is, when was Cyrus Foundation established? And what is your role in the company? Well, great question. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Michael and I are both co-founders of Cirrus Foundation. The Cirrus Foundation uh, started in early 2021, uh, coming out of the pandemic. And uh, we're very excited about uh, bringing uh, Cirrus Foundation to the market. And it really comes out of a, uh, a project we've been working on for about three years. And this idea that we started formulating was to change big data. Uh, in our view, big data is broken and we want to fix it. And the way we're going to fix big data is by empowering uh, the owners of the data, which are you, which, are, which is me, uh, which is Michael, which is everybody. And, and we're going to start paying you for your data. And uh, we think this is disruptive and it's gonna transform a trillion dollar industry. And, and we're very, very excited to be talking about it. No, just to, to add to this, I mean, one, I very much appreciate this uh, time to speak with your audience. Uh, like Daniel said, this has been a, it's been an accelerated process here. After COVID, one of the common denominators we all have and we all share is data. And so we think this is one, probably the most proprietary thing that we own. And uh, we're here to help people connect with that and really unlock freedoms that they never had before. And, and we're happy to talk about that further in this podcast. But it's a, it's a really... I would say amazing point in time in history that we're able to do this. It's the right point. And so I uh, appreciate that. The internet was revolutionary back in the year 2000. What is the mission in Cirrus foundation in 2021? Yeah. So a lot of things I would say have repeated in history and the internet is very symbolic of that. Uh, we saw the, you know, the 90s and the 2000s, the dot-com bubble, um, which was transformative to everything we do right now. Uh, the internet was kind of described as the information age or the distribution of information. And we look at blockchain in a very similar way. Blockchain is the distribution of value. And just like the information age, a lot of things have to happen to create that adoption. Um, we kind of call this crossing the chasm where the early adopters and the early majority need to meet. This is really where we advance the technology to become actual use case and actually use mainstream. So when we look at the internet, there's a lot of, I would say, hidden gems that we could look at in history that really signify how we can advance this new age with the advancements of blockchain. And we know that the future repeats itself to some degree. And so if we could apply the same thesis of solving how people adopt technology in the most frictionless way possible, uh, this is what we intend to do. And, and Cirrus Foundation is, a, is, is based on that. It's an adoption first concept. So 
I, I love the fact that we could look at the information age, such as the internet, and apply that now, which is value age. And, and, and we think that data is the biggest value that we have really not embarked upon at this point in time, and, and we intend to do so. You talk about empowering users by introducing ownership economy. What does that mean? Well, Alan, that's a great question. And, you know, kind of the thesis and the core of the Cirrus Foundation is, is all about empowering that uh, user of uh, the Internet. And that person owns his data. And right now, uh, he is not being paid for that data. So if you can imagine uh, a trillion-dollar industry being built uh, on the backs of our valuable information, our digital asset, our most valuable information in the digital world, and we're not being paid for it. Uh, we just think that's wrong. And, and, and so our entire uh, thesis is creating an organization, creating a foundation to basically create a movement. And, and that movement is allowing uh, the owners of their data to be paid for their data and to be uh, monetized in a way that is actually very significant. And, and so we think that if we can get everybody understanding that you really need to um, be empowered, uh, that opens up so many different things. It's not just uh, allowing you to monetize your data, but there's things you can now do with your data. And when we bring in uh, the, uh, the cryptoverse and understand what that means, uh, there's all kinds of on-ramps that, that uh, we can uh, bring to uh, the users and the, the people that join our movement. Yeah, to, to add to that as well, um, the way you can kind of simply describe the ownership economy is it's an advanced form of the shared economy. So, you know, think of the things we have right now, you know, with Uber and Lyft and, you know, the Ebays of the world, right? There is a peer-to-peer -peer market, but there's still somebody in the middle. This, this, is, this is a common factor. It's a centralized approach. Uh, in the ownership economy, we disintermediate. So we, we create value with person to person and every layer of that transaction is connected to the individual. So in the ownership economy, it's, it's, it's a little bit more challenging to wrap your head around, but it is a more impactful way of how we drive value back to the rightful owner. And, and that's you. And so why we do this with data is because data is the most, you know, proprietary thing that we have. So it, why wouldn't we want to have a direct transfer from my value, which is my data to you? And just like Daniel said, by doing that, we can now create new freedoms where your data is almost a reflection of you in a sense. It gives you a digital proxy. So we can now take that asset into multiple different economies. And I think we can talk about that further in this podcast. But yeah, just uh, it's, a, it's a really powerful thing that's happening this time and age. Cirrus Foundation is a multi-layered ecosystem that leverages on its hardware and software and its tokenized economy. How does this affect the individual and how secure is it? Yes, yeah, so it's, a, it's a threefold solution we have. Um, you know, we, we leverage every angle that we can bring to the consumer in the most frictionless way possible. That's number one, right? You know, it's not just great tech. Um, it's how do people actually interact and use it. And we think that hardware actually is one of the most intimate things you have in your home, right? So by simply replacing your internet router with a useful tool that not just serves as an inter internet router, but allows you to connect to the data that you already have is a pretty frictionless thing. I mean, that doesn't change learned behavior. 
And to the previous point of driving mass adoption, we can't educate and replace the things that people already know. So we use hardware as an ability for us to leverage how we bring adoption. And that ties into our model here. And and the, the, the tokenized economy happens in the background and people don't even need to say the word blockchain or crypto. And again, that's, that's a whole point of evolving this industry. So all that stuff happens in the background where we can now help people unlock the digital asset, which is in fact a cryptocurrency connected to their wallet. And now they have a wallet on crypto and, and they didn't have to do anything much to do that. So that's, that's our true beauty of this. And that's why we have a three prong solution in, in introducing that to someone's life. Having this system, you state that you have the, economic access of web 3.0 how powerful is web 3.0 and how effective is it web 3.0 is something that has been theorized um web 3.0 is something that we actually can achieve we have the technology to do so but without people and adoption that just doesn't occur um and to the previous point the ownership economy is web 3.0 web 3.0 means we have a direct store of value that we own. We have a direct transfer of value that we can share. And we can be able to be monetized in every aspect in, in the economy that we live, which is digital. So the Web 3.0 is amongst us right now. And it's been advanced from the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, it's affected many industries, but it has positively impacted the digital era. And we've advanced this probably by a few years at this point in time. So Web 3.0 is here. Uh, we need to embark upon it. And, and that's what the Sears Foundation is intended to do. You have revolutionized blockchain, where you have established a router and a virtual router, where it will definitely affect the revenue of Apple, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. What makes Sears so influential against these major players? Well, that, that's a very good question, Alan. And, uh, you know, <laughs> in all due respect, I'm not sure we're uh, revolutionizing blockchain, but, but what we are doing in blockchain is something that is profound. And, and that is creating a global use case uh, that it, it can generate uh, some, some real results for uh, those that come onto our platform and, and join our movement. We talk about Apple and Google, and, and uh, I refer to them as the oligarchs. I'm going to say it. Why not? Uh, you know, we talk about oil. Uh, data is a new oil. Uh, well, uh, if that's the case, then uh, th- those guys have uh, taken the data and uh, have uh, really controlled that process. So how do you break that monopoly? How do you, how do you uh, attack that, if you will? And we can't do it in conventional ways. Uh, you know, for us to be another big data company um, is very, very uh, difficult to, uh, to do. So our whole theory is you know, how do we uh, onboard uh, mass adoption uh, on our platform and how do we change big data? Well, interestingly enough, uh, we're doing that through the hardware initially and then the software. So our hardware router, our Wi-Fi router that we install in in homes, uh, we're able to collect the richest first-party data uh, in the marketplace. And we're able to uh, bring data insights to the data market that has never been done before. So, so first of all, that's one way to uh, disrupt what 
the status quo is doing is by bringing something truly unique to the platform. So uh, monetizing big data through uh, the, the Wi-Fi router and then eventually the software virtual uh, router, or we call the virtual service, is, is going to do that. And again, the whole idea is that the uh, oligarchs are making all the money. Good for them. That's great. They're a trillion dollar industry and beyond. But we believe that the homeowner, the owner of the data should be paid for their data. So that's going to change the entire construct of big data, uh, where you're empowering the people, you're empowering the people that own the data by paying them for their data. Uh, and, and that is going to transform uh, this industry. So uh, it, it's all about how we build this and roll it out. We're very excited about uh, how we're going to do that. We're, we're very excited about uh, talking about that in the future uh, with the relationships that we generated. And, and uh, we're, we're very, very uh, excited about the, the future of Cirrus. You have mentioned that your device is tamper-proof. What makes it tamper-proof? Yeah, I think the question goes to not reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, we don't the security and infrastructure of this stuff has been built before. We, we, we use traditional type storage cloud services that are uh, encrypted, highly encrypted. And then we layer on top of that blockchain. So what, what do we do with the blockchain component? Well, we're able with blockchain to make sure that everything that is recorded in that cloud is, is ledger to the blockchain, that, that there is an authenticity to the owner, uh, that there is provenance to the rightful creator of that data. And that is a tamper-proof ledger. So every time a record is either changed, we, we, that would be notified. Um, so the idea with blockchain isn't about necessarily storing these robust amounts of information. It's about providing authenticity, transparency, and traceability to the right person who actually uh, created that or the homeowner. Uh, we use blockchain as well as a form of connecting the remittance of that data revenue to the homeowner uh, so we can actually pass through micro transactions uh, with the lowest cost factor as well. The, the idea of tamper-proof means that we use a traditional systems, legacy systems that have been built on removing uh, any personal identification information encrypted using either AES or ECC and we also adhere to national standards um, globally within you know, GDPR and so forth. But we, we really take blockchain for what it's meant to be and making sure that we create a even more robust function um, to this degree. So, How can individuals get involved? And what are the surprises in the product itself? Well, again, Alan, this is a great question. And uh, we're, we're very excited about uh, bringing uh, the Cirrus uh, Foundation and our product uh, to, uh, uh, to the masses. And, and we, we believe we have created a, a mass adoption strategy that will uh, grow this uh, business and this movement uh, in the future in a very big way. But the, the first uh, part of the question is, uh, you know, how do we... Uh, engage initially. And, and so what we've done is we have uh, worked with uh, ISPs uh, in emerging markets, and we'll be talking about that in press releases uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. Uh, and, and this will allow for millions of users to uh, be onboarded uh, onto our platform and onto our uh, Cirrus Foundation. And, and this, again, we think is a unique model. Not uh, many people that we know of have built platforms in, in this way. Uh, so this is uh, 
it's nothing more than you using our Wi-Fi router, which is no different than anybody else's router. And as Michael had pointed out earlier, this is a seamless on-ramp uh, to the crypto community. Uh, these users will be able to plug in their device that's actually installed for them uh, and use the internet. And, and uh, they will click a button, click a button, and they'll be paid for their data. So uh, they don't have to change behavior. There's nothing that needs to be done other than uh, have the, the router installed in your home. On the virtual router, uh, this will be very, uh, very easy as well. Uh, and we're very excited about it. This is simply just a push a button and it's downloaded onto your uh, computer. And then you can start um, earning uh, revenue from uh, the data sales. So uh, the whole idea here is how do you create a platform and make it very easy to onboard? Uh, and, and that's all about not changing behavior. Uh, this, is, this is something that we've worked years and years and years on. And we're very excited. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, sandbox uh, uh, work, if you will, and uh, we've been in stealth. And, and now we're we're ready to come out. And uh, what you guys are providing is, is a platform for us to talk about uh, what we're doing. And and uh, we're going to be uh, uh, talking about this a lot uh, going forward. So we're very very excited again. Data is the most valuable asset in the world. How can this be monetized by individuals and financial institutions? Well, again, that's a great question. And when we talk about uh, the, uh, the data is the most valuable asset in the world, uh, very few people know that. <laughs> uh, and, and we want to educate the, the, the world uh, that, that, in fact, it is uh, the most uh, valuable asset that you own. The most valuable asset, the most valuable digital asset that you own uh, is your uh, digital asset, which is your data. And, and so uh, we've talked about how we're going to monetize that. We've, we've talked about that uh, for doing nothing more than just using the internet as you currently do now, uh, our, our system, our platform behind the scenes uh, does all of that work for you. So you don't have to do anything in order for you to be paid for your data. All you have to do is use the internet. We take care of the rest. Uh, and allowing it to be onboarded in the crypto community uh, then brings all sorts of uh, opportunities on that side of the uh, equation as well, where we take the token uh, and you can remit into fiat, uh, fiat meaning real money, uh, or you can do certain different things with, within that, that platform through our token uh, model. But again, uh, it's, it's really important to understand that this is all about the individual. As it relates to the financial institutions, uh, you know, the financial institutions and DeFi and all the things that are happening there, we're very excited about uh, offering solutions uh, onto those different uh, off-ramps uh, from our platform. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, charity uh, events. We've talked about investing uh, the, that passive income that you're generating through your data monetization. So all those are things that, that uh, we are uh, right now in, in sandbox mode, if you will, and we will be releasing that uh, as we roll this out going forward. Yeah, I just wanted to, to add to that too, because it it's such an important point here um, that you brought up um, as a valuable asset. I mean, this is something that we take for granted in some parts of the first world. Um, in the emerging market, they don't have access to much of these commodities and assets connected to them, right? Whether it's even ownership of a home or having access to a bank. We think that data could actually be one of their most 
connected assets for the emerging market. And in fact, that data could become an, a bankable asset. And what do I mean by bankable asset? Meaning that just like what Daniel said, this asset, not only will you be able to keep revenue from it, but you'll be able to convert it into financial instruments and, and products and access loans and credits. And these are people who never even had credit history in the first place. So we, we're thinking of data as not just a solution to create revenue, but as a solution to create financial inclusion. And that that's transformative. I mean, you've got a third of the world population still not even having access to financial products right now. And that that's about the change. And how do we do that? We do that with something that lives around them, which is data. And that is inherent. So we really look at this as something transformative and something that we can bring to the emerging market that, that they need. And, and that's really part of the solution here. The device has been tested in India. What is the feedback from those who have used it? And what are the criticisms of it? Uh, well, uh, thank you for that. Uh, and, and at this point, I'd really like to uh, mention uh, Michael and uh, myself's co-founder, uh, Samartha Nagabushanam, uh, who is uh, a, a, a wonderful uh, technologist uh, and uh, business executive that uh, the three of us have, have built this entire uh, strategy, and Samartha is uh, based in India, and uh, India, in fact, is our first uh, market that we are entering uh, with the hardware uh, strategy, and we do, in fact, have over 4,000 devices uh, that have been deployed and have been sandboxed for the last uh, two and a half years, and, and really, it, we benchmarked uh, the device from a performance standpoint with the Apple uh, airport uh, uh, extreme, which again is um, it, it is important to, to to understand that the very first level of interaction is performance of the Wi-Fi router itself. Without the performance of the Wi-Fi router, no one's going to use the router. So that was the first thing that we've done is benchmarked against the high-performing devices in the world, and the response has been very positive. And and so. Uh, the the reaction to uh, the performance has been strong as relates to collecting the data and understanding the data insights that we're generating from the router that's really behind the scenes so so really the the uh, homeowner has no interaction with uh, with the data and what we've been doing in sandboxing for the last uh, two and a half years um, criticisms have uh, really uh, been minimal and uh, in, in, in the early stages uh, we were uh, improving the performance. And so the only criticisms would have been uh, performance related. Uh, we've obviously uh, successfully dealt with that. And uh, the, the adoption rate right now is 100%. Uh, so uh, everything is, uh, is, is ready now for launch. And, and, and internally, we, we felt in working with Samartha and the team of engineers in, in India was guys let's not launch this until there are no criticisms. Let's not launch this until we've figured this out. Let's not launch this until we have done all the, the, the work that, you know, it's important that, um, you know, when you, when you look at the crypto community and you look at all these different ideas, um, the one thing that I've noticed is, is lack of experience and, and lack of, uh, uh, you, you know, gray hair, if you will. The crypto community is very young. And they've not done a lot of things. Well, I know we're not on a, uh, a video podcast. Uh, if, if we were, you'd see I have a little gray hair. Uh, 
and have been there and done that. So, so we've gone through all that and, and we've had the experience. And, and uh, the one thing that is really important when you roll out a business is that you need to, to make sure you get things done right before you roll out. And, and so we've done that. And, and, uh, and again, uh, you know, we, we're just so, so excited about bringing this to the, to the world and, and really uh, uh, changing the way big data is perceived in the marketplace. When it comes to the greatest technologies in the world, you specified in an interview that proving an ecosystem development to a core blockchain is purposely built. Why is this system so advanced in today's society? It's, it's one to find and invent technology and it's one to find use case, right? So we think blockchain is transformative to, to many degrees. Um, and the two things we do as technologists <clears throat> is we try to identify the lead technology, the, the, the winner of a category, I would say, and we improve upon that. And we bring that into industry-specific use cases. So, you know, simply put, we look at the blockchain space and we don't need to go and create another new blockchain at this point in time. Ethereum and other layer two standards and so forth have achieved that. What we need to do now is find the benefit of use case and insert that into society. So we think about using an existing technology and creating an outfit to better support the industry that we're targeting. Uh, and that's what we mean by purposely built. So when we go to launch, which is going to come in the first uh, coming weeks, uh, we will provide ecosystem development to a specific blockchain, which we'll announce shortly. And that is how we're going to be driving the use case for what we're building, which is big data. But we can do that collectively because one thing that we really admire about the crypto industry is this sense of camaraderie and support and open source because they these guys are the biggest believers of the future and without them this would not be made possible so we need the crypto guys and we need the technologists and evangelists to propel this forward especially with the future that we're talking about and empowerment to people it starts with people and if i can add to that um when we look at the current landscape in the cryptocurrency and we look at the utility tokens we understand that the backers of utility tokens are backing that particular utility token on the hope and on the premise that there's going to be an increased use case for the token so it's really a supply and demand uh, metric if you will and so when people look at the Sears foundation and look at our utility token and say okay well what what what's the what's the the, the rationale of why someone would back uh, this token today, uh, and and what is the future of of that potential? Well, when we tie data monetization to our utility token, the the rationale is is that as people onboard onto our platform, they're going to be paid for their data. So it's arguable that you're going to have a lot of people coming onto that platform, therefore increasing the demand for that token and the use case uh, will, will grow exponentially. So, so that's really unique. When you look at other utility tokens, uh, you ask the question, well, why would someone come onto that platform? Why would someone use that token? And the, the, the answer is, well, gee, I don't know. Uh, we really don't see a defined use case for utility token. In our case, there's absolutely a use case for our utility token. And, and, uh, uh, I, I think that once uh, we're out here in a couple of weeks, I, I think the crypto community will understand that. And to Michael's point, 
uh, this, this whole community is all about the renegades. This whole community is all about those that are, um, you know, uh, going against the status quo. And, and I can't think of a more profound uh, change to status quo than disrupting big data the way that we're going to disrupt big data. How can this product revolutionize the world's economy? And how secure is it when it comes to decentralization of storage space? Well, the world economy, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a loaded question. I mean, we're, we're talking about data as being the new oil. This is one of the largest commodities that we have that we just have not tapped into. We haven't drilled into it. And so when we talk about the world economy, what we need to do is lift people across the world who have not even have access to financial inclusion or banking into this new economy. And we can do that by data as the big ticket, as the way in. And we think that is the port of entry across the world for the emerging market and the world economy to uplift into this new era. And I think that that changes the game completely and it allows freedom and it allows access. And you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said of what the world economy will look like in a few years when you give people access. I mean, the playground changes dramatically. On your second point, decentralized storage needs a lot of work. Um, and, and that's still something that will be approved upon and we're helping in certain initiatives to, to understand that. So the resilience of, of everything we do is about using things that are useful, that have been proven and add functions and features that enhance that. So we use blockchain complementative of certain storages that already exist uh, to tie into that and make sure that there's more tamper-proof resistance. And that's how we use that. So that, I think it was more of a two-point question, but uh, I think it's, it's, it's a very important one as well. Well, and, 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 and might I just add that um, l- let's, let's sort of lower our sights a little bit. And, and let's not talk about revolutionizing the world's economy. Let's talk about revolutionizing the big tech economy. Let's start there. Uh, that's a, a multi-trillion dollar economy. And, and this is at the heart of uh, revolutionizing that economy. And, and so once we empower uh, the users of the data to own their data, uh, it will revolutionize the big tech economy and how that trickles down into the world. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, you know, we, we have, we have lofty goals. Uh, I'm not sure changing the world economy is, is, is that <laughs> we're at that level, but we certainly can, uh, can go after at least big tech economy. What is the long-term goal for Sirius Foundation and what else can we find in the near future? Well, uh, taking on th- what I just said, um, w- we believe that this is a movement. Uh, we believe we are going to transform big data forever. And, and further, uh, we understand that uh, as the leader of a movement, we're not going to be the only ones in this movement. Uh, w- when we get to true decentralization of this model, we're going to have many other uh, Cirruses or Cirrus types uh, joining the movement in their own way. And, and this is not about us having Cirrus Foundation, having global domination. We want to start a movement. Uh, we believe passionately that big data belongs to those that own it, which are us. And so that's really our focus. Uh, we think we have 
uh, a model that can grow this uh, exponentially. Uh, and, and the crypto community is going to accelerate that growth. And so uh, in the future, five years from now, uh, we believe that everyone will be on-ramped to being paid for their data. We hope uh, that most of those are on the Cirrus Foundation platform. Uh, but even if they're not, e- even if others uh, uh, compete with us, you know, competition is great. We, we don't shy away from competition. This is, more, this is much more than an idea uh, uh, from a corporate standpoint. This is a movement, and, and this, this is something that everybody belongs uh, uh, to, that, to that movement. And all I can say is um, uh, in the near future, in the immediate future, and in the long range, um, we're going to uh, be here. Uh, we're going to bring a lot of new things to the, to the market. We can't wait to do that. And uh, we're just very, very happy uh, and proud uh, and humbled that uh, uh, folks like yourselves uh, take an interest and, and want to uh, interview us. And, and uh, uh, we, we very much appreciate it and, uh, and look forward to uh, many, many other things in the future. Yeah. And, and I echo exactly uh, what Daniel says. Um, this is just such an opportune time. Uh, we're seeing two worlds collide here. We're seeing a world where data is ripe right now for disruption, where we need to help support people who have been the product of creating these multi-trillion dollar industries. And on the flip side, we have an emerging technology coming out of the gate, which is called blockchain. And this is probably going to be the single biggest shift we've seen in wealth creation and transfer in the world, in the history of the world. And, And that's happening. So when we collide these two worlds, this is an amazing opportunity for people. And, and I can be more emphasized on that. It is about people and we can do this and it's made possible by the emerging technology with blockchain. And this is going to set apart how people can transform not just their digital self or their data asset, but in ways, a new, a new economic rewards that they never were witnessed possible. Um, and I think the moment in time is now this is a, a fantastic opportunity to turn an industry upside down while bringing in a new one at the same time. And that's what we're so excited about at Sirius Foundation. Um, there's a lot in store. Um, thank you so much for having us. And uh, yeah, Daniel, if there's anything else, I think this has been great. Yeah, thank you so much for being on this show. I'm, I'm very excited to see how everything goes for you both. Thank you, Alan. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir.